0: Now, from the Sunbury Motor studio, here's Steve Jones. Motors 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. All right, uh, there is a tornado watch here, but it's a different story In Sunbury, where it's a tornado warning, which means one has been spotted. There's been a rumbling. We know that. Uh, We do... uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, near the radio station, it is safe to say that you felt it.
1: Uh, Something happened.
0: Heard it, yes. Something happened, Uh, for sure. And... The... um, and that is right now the predominant story. I know you looked out at it one point and you saw right before the break a mixture of sun, very dark clouds, yes, some rain, and uh, again, that eerie look
1: lots of wind, yeah, and now yeah. they just called for Schuylkill County too, so that's something else that just dropped in the past five or ten minutes that um Schuylkill County is now under the same warning as the rest of us, so.
0: Well, again, these are traveling from northwest to southeast. And when you look at uh, the radar, you can see which areas were really in a spot where it was awfully tough. And as you were saying, the the dark pink Mm
1: -hmm.
0: happened to be uh, right there, over Sunbury.
1: It looks like it's leaving Sunbury now, and it's heading yeah, yeah, towards Shimokin, right. exactly. where my house is. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: well, no, but this is this is exactly what happens with this. I mean, as I mentioned, they're moving northwest to southeast. Now, for our listeners in the Jersey Shore area, obviously Williamsport is an area that would get where it's a possibility. Okay. But it looks more like Jersey Shore in terms of, like, really heavy, which then does it spawn a tornado. That would be the area that would concern me would be, you mentioned, Shemokin.
1: Mm -hmm. Right now it's heading right towards there.
0: Right. And then, of course, Schuylkill County because of the northwest to southeast. Yep. Well, in Lycoming County, northwest to southeast, and I can hear more in the background.
1: Yeah, there. it's coming in right as we speak.
0: No, go ahead. Take a good, long listen to it. That's, I mean, that's what we're here for. We're no, here to provide... Oh, you just keep going. As, I'll let you in. We will provide as much information as possible to everyone to do whatever we can along the way to be as much of an early warning system as we can for you. There's also another part, too, that if it's something you've seen, you can call us. You can be our eyes out there as well. And... This was a thunderstorm
1: for Center County and also for right w- for North Central Northumberland County. So
0: right, uh, yeah, Center County. Uh, they're saying the storm here is going to start um, in nine minutes. Here it said, uh, latest warning went up. Mark Lawrence uh, just texted me. Uh, latest warning went up for Southern Northumberland County and Northern Schuylkill County. Right, so that is the path of obviously somebody spotted something. Somebody spotted something. And because they did, they've been able to track this. And Mark Lawrence was able to text me and said, Steve, the latest warning went up for southern Northumberland County and northern Schuylkill County. So, again, you can be our eyes in all of this as well. We're here in the studio doing what we're supposed to do and passing along as much information as possible. But because you're out there and you have a different vantage point than we do, you might be able to see something which you can pass along to the rest of the audience, which can help everybody out along the way. This is all about making sure that when this is all said and done, that we can all look at each other and say, hey, everybody's accounted for. That's what it means when you've had the tornadoes. uh, Okay, we got Brian
1: on the phone. Let's get Brian up, okay?
0: Brian, how are you? Welcome. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate your time and your insight.
2: Hey Steve hey Brian, how are you? okay this came from Pac sinus, you know over where I live at and uh yes. I heard it on the weather radio that the uh well if you <laughs> I'm coming up in uh, in the uh, North 10th Street area of uh, Sunbury It's really dark here if you okay. go uh, towards the river it's really dark again but coming down from uh, from Trevor and all that I saw the uh, I saw the clouds when you looked over the mountain. I can see okay. the uh, the clouds uh, that were really starting to go, and uh, but like you said, that's how the storms are moving, and it looks like they're coming out of the Sealings Grove area, moving over to Sunbury area.
0: Okay, all right, yeah, right. Appreciate that very much. Thank you very much for for giving it and passing it along to everybody. Thank you.
2: Yeah, and the other thing is, there if anybody has the internet, they can go on RadioReference dot com and they can listen to uh, the uh, the Northumberland County uh, uh, broadcast of the. Uh, of the police, and they can hear everything. Right on radio, radio reference. They click okay. on the link for for Northumberland County. They'll they'll get everybody.
0: Right. Thank you so much, Brian. Appreciate that very much.
2: Okay, Steve, and I'll talk to you in August. I'll be at the yeah. first game this year.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing you there, Brian.
2: Yeah, that's right, buddy. All right. God bless you, bud. Take care now. Okay. You too.
0: All right. So we've been looking at uh, like what the tra- tracks of these storms happen to be. Um. Uh, We've talked about now the track going through, as Mark pointed out, and Mark's been keeping a very close eye on this, that the latest warning has gone up for southern Northumberland County and northern Schuylkill County. Now, looking ahead, okay, we'll look ahead here a bit. You're going to have an area um, between really Williamsport to Jersey Shore, that's a possibility, moving northwest from the northwest to the southeast. But there's also going to be another cell that looks like it's going to be forming that is going to be heading, that would really go between Bloomsburg and Wilkesbury. So I'd say exit oh, it used to be exit 35. What is it now? Exit 235? Something like that. Uh, on I eighty, and then on I, and then right through that quarter from there all the way to the Hazelton exit, and then up I eighty one toward Wilkesbury. The heaviest cell, though, in the next hour may be north of Bloomsburg. Now here we're having rumbles of thunder here in Center County. As of right now, we're going to get a thunderstorm here.
1: Yeah, it looks like that one you're talking about uh, between Bloomsburg there and Williamsport. Uh, it's actually merging towards another one, which could be very yes. interesting. It could really hit Lewisburg, Milton, Danville very hard. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, I'm no weather guy at all. I don't know any of this science. Right. But just looking at the track of it,
0: it's just... Right, and that's what you're looking at, the track of crazy. it right now. That's what we're able to do. Stuff is crazy. So what we'll do is uh, just, uh, unfortunately, tragedy acclaimed one of the really outstanding play-by-play guys in our business. Auburn's play-by-play voice, Rob Bramblett and his wife Paula were killed when they were hit from behind in Auburn, Alabama on Saturday night. Paula was 53, Rob was 52. Rob had a lot of signature moments in his career, calling a national championship for Auburn in 2010, calling a Final Four for Auburn in basketball just last month. He also had a great career calling baseball. One of the signature calls of his career, the 2013 Iron Bowl, our play-by-play call of the day. All
2: right, here we go. 56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the miss. field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow.
0: That is tremendous. Rob Bramlett, along with Stan White, on the call that day in 2013. I, rem- uh, Jack Ham, and I were actually watching it in the post-game show after Penn State beat Wisconsin out of Camp Randall. And we were like, first of all, like, why is he kicking? <laughs> that was the game, so the game was tied. Uh, but that was one of the signature calls of Rob Bramlett's career. Uh, he is a man who replaced a legend. Who then himself became a legend. Hard to do, but he did. All right, we'll take a break. All right, we'll make sure that we have all our information exactly where it should be. We have a tornado warning in effect. Uh, the tornado warning has now moved along the way to southern Northumberland County and northern Schuylkill County. We'll keep you updated on everything as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. Okay. Welcome back. Tornado Tornado warning in effect uh, for parts of Northampton and Schuylkill counties as this system moves from northwest to southeast.
1: Right. So we have severe thunderstorms for the following uh, Lewisburg Sealandss Grove and Northumberland until five o'clock Williamsport Milton and Watsontown says till 4.30, but they've been it's I've just been going by the uh, by the updates and they've been pushing them back almost every 15 minutes so this is just the latest official warnings. Trevorton Valley View still are under a tornado warning until 430 um, and that's it for now from from my vantage point here uh, Schuylkill County still got the thunderstorm watch. Um, I don't think there's a time on that, though. (laughs) I didn't see a time on that. So, and that's where we are. Yeah.
0: That's where we are. That's it. Well, hopefully, uh, any damage assessment we get, hopefully everybody's, let's start with this, everybody's okay, and then hopefully any damage assessment we get is mild. So. Of course. Uh, Always wishing for the best. Gotta hope. No, exactly right. No more tragedy out there. uh, But uh, I want to say this. We appreciate Brian calling in. Mm -hmm. We appreciate uh, Kevin doing what he's done, and we appreciate Mark uh, texting me as well so we can give everybody as much accurate information as possible. Also, the fact that when you do announce baseball as one of the three sports that you do play-by-play of during the course of a year, football, basketball, and baseball, yeah, you do get to learn how to read radar. Right, yeah. So Yeah. So you do uh, you do have the opportunity to do that. You get to learn how to read radar. Unless you call baseball yeah. in San Diego. <laughs> oh, San Diego.
1: Yeah. They went the San Diego Padres I think went like 18 years without a rainout, so <laughs> So
0: yeah, uh, in fact, I think the Angels had a game last week that was rained out. It was the third time in 24 years. Yeah,
1: there you go. So it doesn't happen often out there. But everywhere else in the country, if you're calling games, or maybe Tampa Bay because they play indoors.
0: But, yeah. you know. All right. Uh, by the way, the Gavit games, I thought the Gavit games, uh, which is the Big Ten against the Big East. Okay. Uh, I thought the game, because Penn State played at DePaul last year, so I thought, well, okay, it makes sense they'll be home for this this year. Uh, no, Penn State is going to be playing at Georgetown uh, in basketball in the Gavit games. Uh, John Rothstein is the one reporting that today, that uh, Penn State will be taking on Georgetown. According to John, the the other matchups will be Villanova at Ohio State, Michigan State at Seton Hall, Creighton at Michigan, Purdue at Marquette, Providence at Northwestern, Minnesota at Butler, DePaul at Iowa, and Penn State is at Georgetown for the Gavitt games. So so that's another piece to the puzzle here uh, because Penn State has the tip-off classic with uh, the NIT preseason tip-off with Oklahoma State, Syracuse, and Ole Miss. That's Thanksgiving right around there. Uh, Bucknell and Yale should probably be the home campus games for that. Alabama's going to be here as a return, then at Georgetown. Um, No offense, I do know, obviously, the other four games that are all home games, uh, but I'm not at liberty to release those. Uh, There's one more game, it's the ACC Challenge, and to be frank with you, after assuming that the Gavit games was going to be year and it turned out to be on the road, I would not be surprised now if maybe Penn State is home for the ACC Challenge for a second straight year. These go in cycles. In the end, they, they even up. Um, um, so that's, you know, there'll, uh, there'll be some basketball news, obviously, this week. Tomorrow is the day that Lamar Stevens has to say one way or the other, whether he's coming back or he's going to leave. Hmm. And he has to do so by 11.59 tomorrow night. You Probably some people have heard about the fact that, hey, you can go through the draft and you can go back to school if you're not drafted. That is only if you were invited to the NBA Combine. If you were invited to the NBA Combine, and I think they ended up with 69 players... Going because they took nine from the G League Elite group and they moved them over. And John Morant did not participate, so hmm. that's how they get the 69. Well, Morant's going to be the second overall pick, he doesn't have to worry about it. Oh, yeah, of course. Did more, yeah, right. I mean, so either second or third,
1: uh, right? I mean, RG yeah, Barrett yeah, could go right, second, yeah, right? right?
0: Ard, yeah, he could, sure, but I think Memphis likes Morant a lot. Uh, he's got to go out uh, and Make up his mind because he's not in that category, because he was not invited to the combine, he can't go through the draft process and then say I'm going back to school. Mm. He can't do that. He tomorrow is the day, and it, it's by 11:59:59. 59 59, okay, so tomorrow night. And where would he go? He,
1: where would he go in the draft? You think, if he did, he would shoot?
0: not. He would not get drafted. Oh, he wouldn't. It's it's only a two round draft.
1: Oh wow. Mm. So he wouldn't even be good enough. So, what? I mean, I, that sounds like an easy decision to me then.
0: Well, it depends. I mean, uh, you know, can you go overseas and make money? Sure. Can you go to the G League and make money? Sure. Somebody, you can do all of that. Somebody uh, today just wor- decided that. R.J. Hampton, yeah. is uh, who's a five-star combo guard out of Texas, he says, and, and this is not a case where he is from a family that they're desperate for cash and he's going to no. his family in fact both of his parents have college degrees in fact his mother has a master's degree and he says look he says going to college he says i'd rather play professionally just work he says i don't want to go to classes so i can go to college <laughs> but but again my point is he's from a family that you know where education has meant something right you know and his family's on board with it he said, look i can go back if it doesn't work. Right. He said, I want, to, I want to play professionally. So he's going to go to the Australia League, which, by the way, means that they also have teams in New Zealand. And he's going to be playing for the team in New Zealand. He's going to get somewhere between fifty dollars and $100,000. That means the shoe money can kick in. Uh, and then he'd be eligible for next year's NBA draft, because you have to be out of high school one year and be 19 years of age to do this. Well, he'll qualify on both fronts next year. Uh, let's see. Trevor Ferguson did this and was the 21st overall pick in 2017. Emmanuel Moutier was going to go to SMU, and then he went and played in China.
1: And he's awful.
0: <laughs> uh, but but he ended up being a first-round pick. You know, my, my, my point is you can still be a first-round pick, and I'm trying to think of the... Th- other one was but ferguson was the 21st overall pick oh. and he he actually played in the oh. australian league
1: as a nick fan trust me he's awful
0: <laughs> moody right. right and you know, so this and there's one other guy that did this where they've gone and played overseas and then ended up getting drafted uh, this is not a trend i expect to see at all look and part of the reason i don't expect it to be a trend is the mere fact that um, you play a year, let's pick one, at Duke. Well, by playing for Duke, your ability at, and I, you know, to me, it's all about performance and playing and winning games and things like that. But we all know today that branding is really important. I mean, how much is Zion Williamson worth now because he went to Duke for one year? But, how much is RJ Barrett worth for going to Duke to one year? Uh, how um, you know Kobe White? Kobe White from North Carolina. John Morant. Now uh, Morant went more than one year, but everybody knows who you are. Hey, you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, okay, and Giannis has now been like this overnight sensation the last couple of years. He's in his sixth year in the league. He's no overnight sensation. He had, to, he had to earn his name through the NBA. He did not come into the league with a name. All these other guys are coming into the league with a name because they play college basketball. But look, if this is the where that he wants to go, I'm perfectly fine with that. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We had a tornadic cell move through the area... During the course of this show, that cell is now located south of Pottsville and Schuylkill Haven. Uh, As for the next batch, the next round, well, the next round is a merging cell that is uh, right now mostly between Milton and uh, south of Lewisburg.
1: Yeah, I called that.
0: (laughs) headed Headed toward... Really, the swath between Danville, Sunbury, and Sealands Grove will be affected by this next swath. Mm -hmm. But this is a thunderstorm warning and not a tornado warning.
1: Right. So we have a thunderstorm warning for Union, Montour, and Northumberland County until 515 is what they're calling for right now. So that's the newest update from the uh, National Weather Service.
0: Now, we are back to a tornado watch We're back to a tornado watch. The warning is the one that went through the tornadic cell. And, again, that cell is now located south of Pottsville and Schuylkill Haven and moving to the southeast.
1: Well, that was a good one. I just heard a big rumble.
0: (laughs) Right. And now we have a thunderstorm warning for our area. And, again, the uh, heavy swath of rain... Uh, will affect, you know, Bloomsburg will get rain, but Danville should get a heavier sell, Milton will, Lewisburg will, Sunbury will, and Sealinsgrove Grove will. Okay? So that's what we have coming up. We're going to keep you up to date on this as much as possible. Uh, opportunity to talk with Neil Kulong. If there's any change that's dramatic that we need to get to you as quickly as possible, we'll break into the Neil Kulong interview and bring you that information. Uh, if you're hearing "deal," that means that, yes, there may be heavy thunderstorms, but, again, nothing beyond that, even though heavy thunderstorms are significant. Or while hiding in the basement. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, Mark Lawrence has been invaluable. Kevin Hur's been invaluable. Brian gave us a call invaluable. You've obviously been invaluable as well. Thank you, sir. All right. So let's uh Neil Kulong, I know during the break we hung up on him. Neil, heads will roll over this. Welcome. Yeah, I'm not sure what kind of show you
3: guys are running over there, but <laughs> time is valuable. <laughs> I was trying to put my headset in. I hit the the end call button for some reason. I have no idea why.
2: It's that kind of day. Yeah.
0: You weren't the first to do it, and all the other ones were deliberate. <laughs> no, <laughs> Exactly. I wonder. The one time you're slipping. Uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering here for a moment, like, what's the common denominator as to why people do that? <laughs> oh, well, well I'll, I'll try and think of that later. <laughs> all right. Uh, in fact, he asked a great question during the break, whether it's like a lock that the Raiders are on hard knocks. What do you think? They're going to be the the one that gets in there? that we get to watch I'll tell you, man, this is going to be fun.
3: If, uh, if, if HBO has incriminating evidence against anybody in the NFL, now's the time to play it. If, if the Raiders are even remotely hesitant about it, I mean, there's no way you could not put them on. For everything the show is, <laughs> and for everything, I think fans hope to see, you know, kind of a uh, – you're not sure if, if it's, you know, on the brink of something – unprecedented in the nfl or it's a complete dumpster fire and we just don't know exactly why just yet um the the drama surrounding the raiders you know perhaps a a good amount of that ships with antonio brown over there but to add somebody with a a pass like uh... richie incognito in the same offseason that you added Vontez perfect i mean this is like it's it's hard knocks all-stars you know i mean you, you can't put a better mix of players together right now with the coach that they have uh maybe even with the general manager that they have it, it's I'm, I'm excited for it now i'm not even thinking that there's going to be another team it has to be the raiders otherwise you know it was nobody's going to watch any other team you know i think mean, nobody right. would watch hard knocks buffalo bills if, if the raiders oh. are out there as an option they absolutely <laughs> have to have the raiders in there
0: i think i think you just wounded with you wounded people by saying that about the bills oh my goodness uh it, I guess they played um, at OTA's Family Feud, you know, to have fun, little bonding game, and they put perfect and Brown on the same team in Family Feud, and I guess they did okay.
3: <laughs> oh, that's a true too. story. True story. I got to see that too. Then that's uh, I can't even imagine that. That would be too funny. <laughs> oh, that's such a great pairing of people, and, and put put incognito in the middle of all. Let him try to, to bully somebody now. Let's, uh, let's I th- see what happens. I think
0: Isaiah Crowell was the third member of that team. <laughs> so that's, uh, that that was the team. It was Crowell. It was perfect, and it was Brown. Almost was even.
3: was the opponent Dunder Mifflin because that would really be <laughs> worth watching. <laughs>
0: Oh, unfortunately, there was the passing of Bart Starr over the weekend. He was 85. Uh, Neil, we're in an era where, like, plays are called into headsets up until 15 seconds before. Bart Starr called his own games. And he actually may have been underrated in his own era.
3: Yeah, if you really want to look at the legacy of Bart Starr, a lot of the things that they're doing is commonplace now. The things that we understand, uh, the the structure of an offense to be, what it really means to to study film and basic game plan off opponents' tendencies. Starr was really the guy he's credited with most of that. Absolutely. And anybody that you talk to, um, you walked out of any kind of of football related conversation or get together with Bart Starr, knowing a lot more about the game. Uh, than you did before. And the, on top of that, the, I'll, I'll say this. My dad was a, a, a diehard Steelers fan. Um, mm-hmm. you know, That was his lifeblood. I probably heard as many stories about Bart Starr as I did about anybody else. And most of that just came through his toughness. He, he was such a, an incredibly um, competitive player. But the guy was made of iron. For the most part, for, for him to have had yeah. uh, mastery of the game back then, and keep in mind that you know the, the, the recorded data uh, from that era is there, but we really don't know outside of you know the oral history of it, uh, the the strategy side of football as well as uh, we do today. Um, a lot of that just lived in the minds of guys like Bart Starr, and really, I mean, it, you know, probably one of the five most influential uh, football personnel people mm-hmm. who ever lived um the NFL can can give a huge amount of credit to Bart Starr for what he was able to do uh through his career and through a, a you know a truly historic franchise in all sports. So it putting all that together, I mean that the, the it, it's, it's an opportunity to uh remember and honor the legacy of somebody that you know younger generations don't really know anything about outside of the fact that he played for the Packers. Um he did more for offense than you know I I think anybody that you're going to see in this era, you know, it we'll we'll know more about him um, as uh, you know, I would imagine more and more is going to come out about him now um, unfortunately having to, to celebrate his legacy the way that we are now but it, it's going to reveal a ton of history about the NFL and I, I think it's a, a, a fascinating um, you know, in-depth look into a guy that, that changed offensive football in a way that it, it, it's not recognized yeah. today because that's how it's played
0: Let me give you one subtle example that's taken for granted these days It's second down and one Now what happens a lot now on second and one? A lot of people go play action and they'll 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 throw one deep. Well, up until the mid 60s up until the early '60s, teams weren't doing that. Bart Starr was the one that okay Taylor or Horning would get nine yards on first down, and he'd get he'd get on the, he'd get to the line of scrimmage, right? And he'd call a a long pass play to either Boyd, Dollar, Carroll, Dale, Max McGee, whomever it may be, because that's how he thought. I'm going to catch you thinking one thing. And he was the one that really, quote, got that trend going.
3: Yeah, and that's really the, the stuff that I'm talking about, what I mean, the, the, the evolution of football. It's hard to see that now, but when you go back, um, it, it really looks as if the, the offensive strategy was to get first downs, was to move the ball down yeah. the field because that's what you did. Uh, a guy like Starr had the ability he had the the know how and he had the you know the, the the cockiness to say I'm supposed to get in the end zone. We can do that right here and right now. Yep. So he, he did stuff like that all the time. I mean, the, the advancement of the forward pass um, into the Monday Night era, the the shotgun era of the NFL. Uh, Starr was the one who did it all before all of that, way way in advance. Just the, the idea of using um, a, a, a very aggressive downfield passing attack. You, you saw, I mean, the the averages per catch. Of receivers was a lot higher back then, but the completion percentages of quarterbacks was terrible because they threw the ball 25 yards down the field all the time. Right. They didn't get picked off; they'd have a 26-yard reception. But Starr wouldn't use it in in you know just third and long situations. He he attacked the field vertically, and that that was something the NFL really did not see. The AFL really did not see um, back in those days before the merger and, and really the the you know the the meteoric rise of the sport was based around the forward pass. and Bart right. Starr was such a huge part of that that uh, you know his legacy, in my opinion, I've always thought this, he doesn't get the, the respect that he deserves for what he brought to the game. Physical ability, in my opinion, especially a quarterback, can't be measured today compared to them just because of right. uh, how much goes into doing that. How much do you have to refine those skills to, to get to be as good as Tom Brady is? Um, guys like Bart Starr, Change the position to set guys like Brady up down the line. Um, that the insight, that the ingenuity uh, that it requires to overhaul a sport in a way that that should be recognized sixty years later. That's pretty impressive. And in football, we we still uncover stuff uh, from you know the, the 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 past of the game that we didn't. The way that we do in baseball. I mean, people know everything there is to know about like the eighteen nineties in baseball. Football in the fifties, you barely know anything. It really just right. isn't a whole lot of of a highly regarded research uh, that goes into football, in my opinion, largely because the game was boring back then. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, the, the innovators were the ones who broke out of that. And right. I find that really interesting that somebody had that idea. You know, where did the lonely end come from? Who came up with that idea? Right. You never put a guy off the line of scrimmage. That just didn't happen. The, the creativity of football, I, I always find to be. Uh, so fascinating, both from a a, a strategic point of view and a physical point of view. And I think Starr brought both of those into his game at that time.
0: Yeah, because I always talk about, look, when the money's on the line, that tells you a lot about who a player is. Well, Vince Lombardi was 9-1 as a playoff coach. Uh, That meant Bart Starr was 9-1 as a quarterback, including winning his last nine starts. And in the ten playoff games... That Bart Starr played, he threw a total of three interceptions. Yeah. I always mean, talk about Montana. Montana in the four Super Bowls, Montana played in. Montana threw no interceptions. He didn't throw one. Well, ten playoff games right, for Bart Starr, and most of those were championship games because they, you didn't have the ex- extensive playoffs you have now. He threw three.
3: And that's at an era, too, where quarterbacks threw him every yes, four throws. Absolutely. You, know? I mean, it, you, you can't get lower than zero, and obviously Montana gets uh, plenty of, of notoriety right. for what he achieved in his career, and rightly so. Um, I don't feel that Bart Starr ever did just because of things like that. You, you look at his numbers, and they look almost comparable to today's game, but it, it's built around the past today. He wasn't throwing to four receivers down the field. He wasn't rolling out. He didn't have athletic offensive linemen protecting him. They were to run the ball, and then your quarterback might throw a a ball that wasn't really shaped to throw. Keep that in mind. He didn't throw with today's football. Um, What he had to overcome as a passer, um, nobody can can claim that today. Not Brady, not Manning, not Montana, not since 2012 Joe Flacco in the playoffs. Nobody could do what, in my opinion, what Starr did in the playoffs, throughout his career for that very reason. You know, he he was able to do so much more with uh, an unrecognizable today amount less. I mean, you you can't even comprehend how much more difficult it was to complete forward passes down the field. Keep that in mind, too. You had defensive backs that could just bludgeon the receiver anywhere down the field. They didn't care. Anywhere. To to throw guys open the way Starr was able to do, to to utilize um, the the very limited and very, uh, um, you know, thin – Skill positions that were on the field; those guys weren't there to catch maybe more than three passes a game. You know, they they had to make everything count, and Starr did that in the playoffs. Yeah. Lombardi is always going to be known for running the ball, and I get you know the the, the Jerry Kramer block and, and you know his candidacy somehow became in, in many ways or his legacy, I should say, became bigger than Bart Starr's in the modern age of football right. uh, because of you know the fact that he didn't get in the Hall of Fame. But uh, Bart Starr was the engine that that you know powered one of the best dynasties that professional football will ever see and on top of that he wasn't even a guy that they wanted keep in mind he, he was a nobody you know yes. they wanted nothing to do with him That's coming right. out um he, i i forget if he was undrafted or what but he seven, seven,
0: 17th team. round pick out of alabama yeah. and he was the, which in that era was the 200th overall pick
3: yeah, and that's just, we happened to see this guy once, let's take him. You know, they, they right. had no real idea of who he was. Uh, for, for him to have come in and had the career that he had, I mean, he's the ultimate underdog, in my opinion. And that that's with all due respect to Tom Brady, we mm-hmm. all love hearing what round he was drafted in. I get it. You know, I, I understand all that. But Bart Starr started even lower. And in my opinion, proportionally speaking, uh, he had at least as much success as Brady did. He just dealt with it in a much harder uh, league for what
0: he did. Yeah, he never threw for over 2,500 yards in the season. It was a different era. It was a completely different era. So everyone wants to know. So uh, on this uh, coming out of Memorial Day weekend, uh, what do you think about the uh, Steelers and where they are right now?
3: I, I think they're they're probably about where I expected them to be. I'd give them maybe a, a leaning a little bit more toward the optimistic side because I think they had the right kind of draft. Uh, for the players that they needed, I thought um, the first three picks they made were great picks. Um, I, I think that's sort of the, of what you can take away from a, a draft in immediacy. If you're looking at it and evaluating it right away, these are guys that are at positions I think they needed to fill and or replenish. Um, and they're they're higher-end players for those positions, obviously it's highlighted by Devin Bush. Um, he, he's a perfect fit for what they do. He's somebody that they needed to come in um, and play right away, and he's built to do that. Uh, great pick. I, I really like Justin Lane. I can't yeah. talk enough about this kid from what mm-hmm. we've seen of him so far for his build. Um, I've, I've mentioned it here before as well. If you flip he and Artie Burns, I think that makes a lot more sense in terms of where they were drafted. I thought he was – Certainly, if Artie Burns was a first-round pick, I think this kid was a first-round pick, too. Um, the draft just kind of fell different ways for each of them. I thought he definitely could have been a second-round pick, uh, right. if not a late first-round pick. So uh, they got great value out of the third round. You're, <clears throat> you, you have to like what they were able to do with that. Um, and on top of that, I, I think you know Johnson is, is, is the type of receiver um, they're not going to have to teach a whole lot to. He's not going to get a lot of new information. Um, he knows how to run routes very, very well. He knows how to get himself open. He knows how to leverage off of defenders. He's got good hands. He's not going to blow you away uh, athletically. But a you know, wide receivers coach doesn't have to work very hard. He just needs experience now. You know, get him reps. Get him out there. I think he's going to be a very solid uh, receiver for the Steelers. To, to get a guy like that in the third round, um, you've got to be very excited about it. I, I think the Steelers got the type of draft that they needed to get um, the off season. Uh, Overall, uh, the story is going to be addition by subtraction. I think their offense is going to fall off a little bit, but I think you're going to have a team um, that's built to be a little bit more mentally tough, a a team that's going to kind of redefine what its locker room is, and you're going to have more guys. Uh, able to take on leadership roles and take the team in a different direction. These are all things that they had to do this off season. Whether it was their choice, whether it was necessity, whether it's what was forced upon them, they had to do these things. So with that, I, I think it's optimistic. But overall, um, I, I just still get the sense that they're going to need a year to kind of you know, bring all this to a boil in the pot. They're, they're going to need uh, reps playing together. They're going to need a little bit more experience uh, amongst each other. I think this is probably a 500 team, maybe 9-7, and seven, but uh, we'll see how it turns out. You know, I, I wouldn't have put the Rams in the Super Bowl last year either, so um, this time of the year, it's kind of tough to judge, but the Steelers have made the moves uh, to get past what's really a, a massive loss in certainly an Antonio Brown and going the whole offseason knowing Le'Veon Bell isn't going to play for you this year those are going to be tough things for them to overcome I, I think they're they're going to need more than just 16 games to get past that but uh, they, they took a step in the right direction
0: Always a pleasure and uh, I know hanging up on you probably was not the best thing to do
3: well, I'm going to remember it next time.
0: I can tell. I can hear the bitterness already in your voice. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Neil Kulong will wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our great friends at Sunbury Motors and Purdy Insurance. All right, uh, severe thunderstorm warning in effect. Columbia, Northumberland, and Snyder Counties. There's already a severe thunderstorm that's hitting the Hummel's Wharf area. Uh, we still have a tornado watch in effect for everybody. We've already had one tornado warning. That has already gone through the area, but we still have a tornado watch, which means the conditions are... Are ripe for the possibility that another tornadic cell could form, but we have a severe thunderstorm warning that will last between now and 5:55. Between now and 5:55, for Snyder, Columbia, and Northumberland counties, and I know we know the Hummels warfare is going to hit with a severe thunderstorm as we speak. Yeah, we're getting so pounded. Just, So just be aware of that. Stay safe. There's also hail that has accompanied some of these storms, and there could be car damage. Also, if you have pets outside, get them inside or get them to a sheltered area. It's not just because of the severe thunderstorm and the problems it creates, but if there's any hail associated with it, You want not just people in shelters, you want your pets in shelters as well.